0: And there's a new report that's shedding light on bullying, discrimination and harassment within Canadian major junior hockey. The independent inquiry was put together after a group of former Canadian Hockey League players filed a class action lawsuit in 2020 against the CHL alleging major junior hockey leagues have been, quote, complicit for decades in rampant hazing, bullying and abuse of underage players by coaches, team staff and senior players. Now, the panel that just released its report a couple of days ago, found a code of silence exists in the CHL concerning abuse and hazing that prevents athletes from reporting what happens to them. They said, in fact, off-ice misconduct exists in the Canadian Hockey League to the point where it has become a cultural norm. The report invested, investigated allegations of abuse within uh, its three leagues, the Ontario Hockey League, the Western Hockey League, and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. You can read more, Rick Westhead at tsn.ca. Lots of uh, great coverage there and as well at globalnews.ca. Dr. Susan Lipkins is a psychologist and author of the book Preventing Hazing, How Parents, Teachers, and Coaches Can Stop the Violence, Harassment, and Humiliation. Dr. Lipkins, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. All right. Now, the allegations that, um, you know, I'm looking at specifically in in in, in, in this case um, covered a time span of about 35 years from players who played between 1979 and, and 2014. So it covered a, a wide range of time. And I think there's a lot of folks out there, Doctor, that would think that, oh, my gosh, things have to be getting better. Things have to be changing. Are they? Yes, they are. Yes, they're getting
1: worse, much worse. Um, What we find in hazing on sports teams is a lot of sexual abuse, uh, sodomy and sexualized uh, kinds of hazing. So what's happening is every year it's uh, getting uh, more and more aggressive and more and more sexualized. And as the report said, it's being more and more accepted. It's a cultural norm. And what that means is there's an old saying, you know, what goes on in the locker room stays in the locker room. And that's kind of the beginning of the code of silence. It's Mm. telling the kids, we don't talk about anything like that. Don't tell anybody. Don't even tell your parents. Just accept it. And if you don't accept it, you're a woof. And even though they say there's a place to report it, if you report it, you're likely to be hazed worse or to be shunned so much that you couldn't even stay on the
0: team. So, Doctor, I mean, you know, some of the allegations that were listed, um, as you mentioned, they're, they're horrendous. For, uh, sexual, um, you know, it, 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 people being sodomized. Uh, it, it was... It, it was hard very hard to read and i my my husband and i we were talking about on friday he played hockey uh, for years and i'm like i said to him i said did what what is this you know and he's been a he's been a coach for years as well i can't wrap my head around why it happens and why they can't see why it's wrong you know if if you're taking a broom handle and 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 hurting someone in the the way that some of these allegations are how do they not see that this is wrong because you know the way i look at hazing is that kids even moral
1: kids even kids who are honor students they walk through a door that says hazing and they drop all of their judgment and um all of their morality and that's because nobody's uh, nothing counts. When you haze, nothing counts. The concept of hazing is that you're repeating a, repet- uh, a tradition that has been happening years after mm. year. So I call the blueprint of hazing. You come in, you want to be part of the team, you get hazed. The next year you watch as others get hazed and eventually you're the senior member and now it's your job, your duty to do onto others what was done to you. So you pass on the tradition and each time you wanna add your own mark. (laughs) So if it's alcohol, it's a little more alcohol. If it's beating, it's a little bit more. And if it's sexualized, it's even more. So what happens is after 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, it gets much, much worse. But there's an acceptance that this is what you have to do to prove to the teammates and sometimes even the coach that you can take it and that, you know, you are good enough to be on that team. The fact that it has absolutely nothing to do with how you play hockey is irrelevant.
0: Dr. Susan Lipkin's joining us this afternoon a psychologist the author of the book Preventing Hazing How Parents Teachers and Coaches Can Stop the Violence Harassment and Humiliation. Dr. you you said that it's it's getting it's getting worse so how do we change this? How do we change it?
1: Well, I think that this report uh, and just going to court is probably the only way these kinds of things do change, but even when there are laws most people don't follow them especially kids and you know young adults you know everybody speeds until they get caught (laughs) so having a class action suit is actually very new there are independent suits like you know an individual may sue but having a group sue is like unique and brilliant in lots of ways The problem is that uh, I think everybody, let's say parents, are afraid to stand up against the coach because if they do, Mm. then their kid won't be played or the kid won't be chosen for the next elite team. So there's a kind of intimidation that goes on both for the kids in the locker room and the parents. And so, you you know, unless we teach all people, (laughs) parents first, because if the parents can't do it, I don't think the kids should be asked to, to stand up as a group. In other words, if the entire group stands up and says, no, we're not going to accept this kind of behavior, this harassment, bullying and hazing, then maybe something will change. And that's what was happening with this kind of lawsuit. What's really interesting in what the article that I read was that they, again, they didn't want the report to be leaked. They didn't want it to Uh come out. Um, And that's kind of what I call there's a code of silence, which is, you know, don't tell. But then there's an institutionalized code of silence, meaning that even the institutions don't really want to uh, change things. And they kind of want to look at the other way and go wink, wink, and let's settle this lawsuit and not tell anybody. I've been involved in more than 25 hazing lawsuits as an expert, and they all settle because if they don't settle and they go to trial, that's opening the doors for all these other people who have been hazed to come and sue. So it goes under the rug again.
0: So to speak, Dr. Lipkins, you you talk about these uh, lawsuits that that you've been involved with. So you you've heard firsthand what's happened. You've seen the fallout for from it and the effects, the probably long term effects of it. Can can you shed some light on on that for us?
1: Yeah, certainly. Uh, When kids are being hazed, they usually exhibit signs of um, a lot of anxiety and depression. Sometimes their uh, grade point average will go down. Uh, Sometimes they don't want to see the kids that they normally would see or do the things that they would normally do, or they may hesitate to actually do their sport. Um, But long term, what happens is they actually have post-traumatic stress disorder. Not, Not all kids will. Some people will be hazed and they'll be fine, and other people will be hazed and they won't be fine, and they'll have flashbacks and nightmares, um, and they will suffer maybe intermittently through their life or throughout their whole life. Uh, it's the kind of thing that when I interview people and I say, were you hazed, the the color comes out of their face Mm. and they get really upset. And every single, I've been on TV more than 100 times, every single time somebody will come up to me and tell me a story about what happened to them. So hazing is so common. Uh, What we don't see is we don't see that many people coming forth and talking about it because they're of the code of silence. (laughs) So you just keep on trucking basically. But uh, thousands of kids are being hazed every single day in all different kinds of teams. And hockey happens to be one where, you know, the hazing is uh, well known, shall we say.
0: So before I let you go, and I sure appreciate your time and and your expertise on this, you know, how do we make it more comfortable for these kids to come forward? That's a great question. I think we need
1: to train kids, even from a very early age, uh, in school and on teams, um, how to do what you know black lives matter has done as a group say we won't take it so Mm. that no individual is hurt we have to teach them let's say group dynamics and parents as well um you know like the me too movement Mm. it took the actual victims to stand up and say we won't take it anymore and that's what's going to have to happen with hazing i think it has to change from inside out what can parents and educators coaches what can we do we can actually stop the code of silence uh, encourage people and reward people for breaking the code of silence um, and it's usually the bystanders that have a lot of power and yeah. they know what's happening and and again it's who do you tell and is it going to be retribution or can we trust that some change will really happen
0: Dr. Lipkins, thanks for your time this afternoon. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Take care now. Dr. Susan Lipkins, again, a psychologist, the author of Preventing Hazing, How Parents, Teachers, and Coaches Can Stop the Violence, Harassment, and Humiliation.